0: Good Demon fans and welcome back to the Demonland podcast. My name is Andy and in a moment I'll be having a chat with Demon forward Jake Melksham to discuss his career to date, his role as a defensive forward, his disappointment in 2021, his return to form and that match winning clutch goal. If you're enjoying the weekly podcast and the interviews, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. The reviews help boost the podcast and help more people find the show and in turn get more people listening. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or Threads. Just search for Demon Land. In addition to the podcast being available on Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud or through your preferred podcasting app, the Demon Land podcast is also available to be watched and listened to on youtube just search for demonland podcast to find our channel and would appreciate it if you could like our videos and subscribe to the channel if you love talking about the demons you can head on over to demonland.com to chat with other d's fans from across australia and around the world the demonland podcast will return live on monday night at 8 30 p.m so join us then at demonland.com but first jake milksham Our guest tonight uh, was drafted at pick number 10 by the Essendon Football Club in the 2009 National Draft. He made his AFL debut for the Bombers in 2010 and was awarded with an AFL Rising Star nomination. After six seasons and 114 games at Windy Hill, he was traded to the Melbourne Football Club during the 2015 trade period. He made his debut for the Demons in round one in 2017 and has since played 106 games and kicked 121 goals for the Ds. Uh, for a career total of 220 games and 178 goals. Most recently, he was the hero of the MCG when he slotted through the match-winning clutch goal against the Lions. Welcome to the Demonland Podcast, Jake Melksham.
1: Hi there, thanks for having me.
0: Jake, a draft class saw a couple of AFL stars drafted, Duster Martin, Nat Fife, and Ben Cunnington, to name a few. Uh, Dees fans may remember that draft year as the year we picked Tom Scully and Jack Trengove at picks one and two, but it's also the year we picked up a tall, skinny, pizza-eating, dart-smoking Ruckman in Max Gorn. You came from the to Cannons and Max was from the Sandy Dragons. Do you have any memories of Max from those TAC Cup days?
1: Yeah, I do. We um, we played our under-18s, um, big metro carnival together. Um, but I, I actually think Max was um, injured at that time. I think that was when he was going through one of his knee, Rico's. So he was at training. Um, I remember seeing him... In, thinking wow he's a big um awkward looking young kid um, <laughs> and I'd never seen him play so I never I wasn't sure what he was capable of but um it is quite interesting how he has um yeah turned into a a young tall uh, you know skinny awkward <laughs> young man and into um, one of you know arguably one of the best ruckmen that the game's ever seen.
0: He certainly is. Uh, Jake, you played uh, juniors and under-18s as a midfielder. You started your career at the Bombers in that role. You've also played off the halfback and been used as a tagger. And once you crossed over to the Demons, you eventually found a home in the forward line as a defensive forward. How did that time as a tagger and as a defender help you prepare for the role of defensive forward?
1: Um, it didn't help me prepare for it at all, to be honest. Um, <laughs> It's not really um, a defensive forward role that I play every week. It's just an every now and then type of thing. But um, essentially, I just go to the, that best defender and play as a forward on him. So I'll try and become as dangerous as possible. Um, so it's still referencing him all the time as to where he is because most of the time they're the intercept defender that will just follow the ball. So all you got to do is be close enough to them when the ball gets kicked in the area um, to either bring it to ground or mark the ball on them. So um, in terms of the games where I've tagged players in the midfield, it's nothing like that. Um, and obviously you're playing at halfback, it's not really much like that either because um, you're still, you're still um, most of the time attacking. Um, you're not really chasing them around too much. You're just getting close enough to them to be able to um, exploit them.
0: So when you do come up against you know Harris Andrews and Aidan Cor this week on James Sicily, do you do any preparation into the you know looking at the style of play that they play? Um, is there anything you you sort of do to prepare for for them, or do you just uh, play your natural game and see what happens on the day? Just sort of keeping them in check if you need to.
1: Yeah, not a heap of um, of uh, looking into their game. You, you sort of just know how they play. I've played on. Um, most of these guys a few times now so um, as I mentioned earlier they all get get in line with the contest and they stay that one kick away to try and um, intercept the ball so you know where they're going to be um, and you know that they're not really going to worry too much about you but um, they get themselves in good spots so um, it it takes you to the ball and then obviously once you get to those spots you've just got to put your strengths on show and For myself, that's just getting um, my aerial game going and then trying to kick goals where I can.
0: There's so many specific roles in the forward line now, that defensive forward position, Uh, key positions like T-Mac, Rui, Benny Brown, speed forwards like Chin Chandler and Cozzi. Uh, but there's one that's piqued a lot of interest and discussion on Demonland, and that's the high half-forward role that, say, Nibbler and Sparks play. It's a tough role. It requires a lot of endurance. It's linked to the all-team defence that the D's employ, and often those players don't get the credit that they deserve because fans are obviously fixated on possession stats and goals. Are you able to elaborate on that specific role of the high half-forwards and, and what it entails?
1: Yeah, so you, you're pretty much spot on. It's not a... Um a role where you're going to flatter the the stat sheet, but it's a role that we um, value really highly in our team. Um, there's a lot of unrewarded running that that happens. Um, you know, you'll see nibbler, um, all the speed forwards, but you know, m- the one that sticks out is nibbler. How he runs defensively both ways when the ball's leaving the forward line, he's chasing out of there and um, when the ball's entering into the D50, he's helping out with defence to try and get back and get some numbers down there. So, um, and then obviously when the ball's going our way, he's um, he's trying to exploit his defender defender by with his running power and his speed. So, you know, he still has his games where he gets you know 15, 20 touches and two or three goals, which is um, fantastic. But then there's there's other weeks where it might not uh, start of the uh, flatter the stats sheet, but if you look at all the tape during the week, he's doing exactly what we ask of him. So, as I said, it's a, um, a role that we value very highly at the club.
0: Jake, it was obviously disappointing for you on a personal level to miss out on playing in the grand final in 21. Uh, you also found yourself playing a good chunk of footy out of Casey in 2022 and early this season. A- and it would be very easy for a player at the back end of their career to drop their head and perhaps question their footy playing future how have you used that disappointment of 2021 and then having to play in the twos to how's that motivated you to get back to playing some of your best footy and now being an integral part of the team?
1: Yeah, obviously it's not, it's not a place. Um, no disrespect that you, that as an AFL player, you know, having played for 14 years now, it's not a place that you want to frequent. Um, but I understand uh, there's been times where I've, I've been there through um, lack of opportunity or through, not fitting into um, the forward line dynamic or, you know, even at times when you haven't been playing great um, that you can spend extended periods of time down there. But, um, yeah, I'm obviously, I'm a a big boy. I'm a man. I've played played this game for 14 years. I'm one of the senior players and um, I've still got to um, go out there and give my best and and lead the younger boys and, um, you know, impart as much knowledge on, on, on them as I can where possible and, and help coach my younger teammates. So um, there's still lots that you can take out of it um, and obviously trying to making sure that your form's at, at a good level to be able to be picked when um, when the opportunity arises, which is what's happened last year late at the back end of the year and then obviously again this year with some, some injuries. So um, it's all, all well and good to... Um, you know, not be in the team and be disappointed about that, but you've still got to make sure that um, that your form warrants selection when the, the opportunity rises, which is which has happened for me.
0: And were there any changes that you made specifically to your game that, that led to the current run of success you've been having?
1: No, not really. Um, I've just, yeah, I've been chipping away at each year, trying to improve. The, the thing that you can still do, no matter how old you are, each year is improve. And um, I wouldn't say that any one particular area has improved in my game, but it's just little bits here and there that um, have helped me um, along the way in with my forward craft and, and the way that I play as a forward. So each year you can just improve marginally in certain areas. And, um, yeah, obviously some games you can have some big games. Other games you can be quiet but still have impact. It's, it's um, yeah, just... You've got to just stick to task and um, put your best foot forward each week.
0: The D's forward line this season has never had the opportunity to be settled, be it through injury or form. You were given the massive opportunity when Bailey Fritch went down with a foot injury to take that medium forward spot. And full credit to you, you've made that position your own. You're kicking goals, winning games off your own boot, taking the scalps of some of the best intercept defenders. We're getting to the business end of the season. There's not much time to experiment. Bailey is on the cusp of return. Tom McDonald's putting his hand up at Casey. Rui's uh, locked down the number one tall spot. Joel Smith is being swung forward and back in a hybrid tall to medium role. How do you envision the makeup of our forward line to look come finals, particularly in the tall to medium department? And can you and Bailey work together and complement each other in the same team?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, We've, we've had looks at this before. You know, we played the back end of the year last year, myself and Bailey. Um, we've gone with, um, you know, just one tall at certain times and the rest are, you know, hybrids and smalls. Um, we've done that in the pre-season. And that's looked really good. So, um, yeah, I would imagine Bailey comes into the team when he's fit, whether that's um, this week or the first final, I'm not too sure yet. I think he's got some some uh, some t- ticking off of some training that he has to do. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, certainly going to be a handful for for some teams, I think, when you've got Bailey down there, Christian Petrarca is going to be down there. Um, Rood is playing some really good footy for a kid that's only 20, 21 years old, um, launching at the ball and, and um, taking out a fair few defenders as he does that. So, um, I think, yeah, the way that it's looking at the moment is really dynamic and dangerous.
0: Our defenders seem to be a real tight unit. Uh, they're ably captained by Jake Lever and Stephen May. Their cohesion has been helped this season by the back six and seven being pretty much settled for the majority of the year. And as mentioned, our, our forward line has been decimated with injuries to Mac, Benny Brown, Fritter, and more recently, Petty. We just haven't been able to get much continuity in terms of personnel rolling through that line. Uh, in terms of leadership down forward, have you taken the mantle being the most uh, senior player down there and are the forwards as tight a knit group as the defenders appear to be? Um,
1: I would say um, we're we're a fairly tight knit group. I think um, each end of the, either end of the ground, it's, it's a different kind of vibe. Um, the defenders rely on each other um, to defend as a unit uh, against that forward group and, it's, you know, we call it life and death down there. There's a, a certain type of desperation that they play with. I'm not saying that we don't play with that type of desperation as a forward group, but um, when the ball's down there, it's a little bit more creative. It's a little bit more, um, you know, putting your strengths on show. It's a bit more flair. Um, and the defenders are, you know, they're really defending as a tight-knit group. And we also do that as a forward group when the ball's down there. We're trying to defend and lock the ball in there as as much as possible. Um, so I would say, yes, we're, we're a very tight-knit group led by our coach, Greg Stafford. Um, and to answer your other question about the leadership role, yeah, it's sort of just, um, you know, naturally I'm, I'm one of the, the older players, the most experienced in our, in our club and um, and, you, yeah, you would think that um, someone like myself would be, um, you know, putting all, all of their leadership skills and, and um, roles on show each week to try and help the group and particularly help some of the younger guys like Jacob Van Royen and, you know, Joel Smith's pretty new to the role. Um, we've got some some other young young kids down there, Cozzy and Shin. So, yeah, as much um, coaching and, and help as possible is what I'm doing
0: accuracy for goal has been an issue for the D's in the past couple of seasons early in the year we looked to have fixed up this area of the game but then we went through a period where we couldn't hit the side of a barn it's been well reported that choco williams was working on that aspect of our game during the pre-season did you go through the choco williams goal kicking academy
1: uh he does our goal kicking and is our coach so we yeah we work with him every week on all sorts of kicks.
0: And in, in terms of your own uh, goal kicking routine, uh, you don't mind the snap from the boundary. We've seen a number of miraculous goals from you from impossible angles. You were also able to kick a beautifully straight drop punt clutch goal under the most extreme of pressure. And I'll talk more about that just in a moment. When lining up for goal, when do you make that decision to kick around the corner? When, when do you go for the drop punt and I'm not talking about the hard on the boundary ones or the ones on or close to the 50 metre line more, more so within the 50 to 30 metre range perhaps on a slight angle how do you make that decision of a snap or a drop punt
1: uh, probably anything inside 30 is a snap um, and yeah 35 plus is a drop punt for me so um, yeah, it's all about just practising those types of kicks at training so that when you get um, the ball in that area you know what sort of routine you're going to go to
0: And finally, Jake, uh, take us through that match-winning goal against the Lions, and not just the kick for goal. The mark was just sensational too. You ran full pelt in front of Harris Andrews. It took a two-bite mark coming from behind over Cosie and his opponent uh, from a rainmaker kicked in by Gus. Take us through the marker and what was going through your mind as you're taking the kick. How did you drown out the noise from the crowd? How do you focus on kicking the goal with all the nerves that must come with the pressure of the kick to win a game? And take us through how good that feeling is—kicking the winning goal on the G. It's just about every kid, big or small's dream uh, to do just exactly that.
1: Yeah. So the um, yeah the mark was just a, it was a quick kick out of the pack, and I was uh, quick to react off to see the ball off the boot from Gussie, and yeah, I sort of skirted around Cosy and got my hands to it first, and and led Harris Andrews to the ball. So I was um, pretty happy that I was able to get the mark in that. That in that time of the game, I, I did feel like we did have one more score in us. So I was certainly manifesting it in my head um, that we're, there's going to be another opportunity for us to score. Um, whether or not I thought it was going to be through me or someone else, I'm not sure. But when I marked it, I was relieved to have taken the mark. And then obviously um, the excitement that went around the stadium that we were, were getting another shot was pretty big. And um, I certainly felt that, but I was also... I was also excited by that moment to be able to um, put myself in that position to to have a shot at goal. So um, I remember Lockie Hunter um, talking to me at the top of the mark. He's like, mate, you kick these all the time. You've been doing this for years. Just go back and slot it. And I um, sort of gave him a nod. And that that was a a little um, booster to my my confidence um, when I was at the top of my mark. And yeah, I just tried to not kick the ball too hard. I, I probably nursed it a touch, but just swung my leg through naturally and um yeah went through my routine that I've been working on for you know all these years and um obviously when it went through I, I celebrated pretty hard I think I ran to the center wing um at full speed and yeah, it was it was a really um exciting night and uh, I was very happy that the siren blew when it did because um yeah the the, uh, the lines were coming so A great night was had and, um, yeah, it took a few days to sort of come down off the high after that Friday night win.
0: That it did. Uh, Jake, before I let you go, I had a number of Demon Landers who want to know whether you'll be going around next season. You'll be 32 in six days' time, so happy early birthday. You're you're contracted uh, to the end of the season. Are you keen to keep going?
1: Yes, I am keen. Um, Obviously, my... Playing some some reasonable footy at the moment, and I'm in the team, and um, the team's going well. So, um, yeah, I'd I'd love to stay on um, at the club for as long as possible. So, um, yeah, we'll just see what comes of that in the next next little bit.
0: So, Jake, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight on the Demonland Podcast. We really appreciate your time. Kudos to you for a wonderful season so far. Thank you for that match-winning goal. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Let's hope there's a medallion and a trophy for you and the club by the end of September. We'd love to see you back next year on the G. So, um, I won't say congratulations on a great career and enjoy your retirement because we want to see you go around again. So, thanks, uh, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks.
1: Yeah, no worries at all. It's been a pleasure.
0: That was Demon Forward, Jake Melksham. The Demonland Podcast will return live on Monday night at 8.30pm, so please join us then at demonland.com. Questions and comments provided by our listeners are an integral part of the show, so if you want to contribute and you aren't a member of Demonland, then join up to demonland.com and look out for our weekly podcast thread posted after each match. You can also send us questions via direct message on any of the social media platforms that you follow us on. We won't read out your full name on the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our podcasts. And if you're liking the podcast, then we'd really appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Go Go. Demons! Go